You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Another good episode for you. We're going to talk more about March Madness, college basketball. Two more teams punched their ticket to the big dance last night. Nobody, no championship games tonight, but two more punched their ticket last night. Although one of them I don't know yet because as I'm recording this, the game's going on. But I am going to talk about the game because we could have a major, major upset and a team getting into the tournament that might have the worst record in the history of any team that ever made the tournament. Also, we're going to talk more NBA, and we're going to talk a little bit more what's going on in the NFL. This Lamar Jackson story has me just absolutely baffled. Still clueless as to what's going on here. Anyway, we will get to that momentarily. All right, let's get started. Obviously, we're going to talk conference tournament action, March Madness. One team from last night, but as of this recording, punched his ticket to the big dance. That is Texas A&M Corpus Christi. The Islanders are in. I believe they were in in recent seasons. Sorry, I didn't look that up. I don't expect them to win a first-round game. But they're in. They won yesterday. The other championship game yesterday, or late last night, was in the Big Sky Championship, where Northern Arizona is taking on the favorite Montana State. You probably don't care about this game, but it will be history-making because going into this tournament in the Big Sky, Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks out of Flagstaff, Arizona, were 9-22 and on the season, and they were 5-13 and in conference play. So conference tournament, you get to it, you expect them, maybe they pull an upset. They, going into last night, had won three games in three days, basically upsetting everybody, and right now, as I'm recording this at 11.15 Wednesday night, they're down by seven with two minutes left in the first half, so they're hanging in there. Who knows? They might make a comeback, but let's just say they win, and they knock off Montana State, and Northern Arizona goes to the big, uh, goes to the big dance. I was like, well, what is the worst record? Because if they win, they will be 13-22. and 22. You know, coming into the tournament, like I said, 9-22, and 22, they would have won four games. So they'd be 13-22. and 22. And so I Googled yesterday, what is the worst record of anybody to make the NCAA tournament? And three teams were tied for the worst record going in to the tournament. Florida International in 1995, UCF in 1996, and Fairfield in 1997 were all 11 and 18 that's a 37.9 percent winning percentage well if northern arizona won you know by the time you're listening to this you'll know if they won or lost but if they happen to beat montana state and get into the tournament at 13 and 22 that's 37.1 percent it would be the worst team to ever make the ncaa tournament but you know what it'd be a hell of a story because yeah, they're probably not going to win a first-round game, but do you think those kids care? They were 9-22, and 22, and then their highlight of their life and the things that they'll be able to tell their children someday is, yeah, we were 9-22 and 22 and then won four games in four days and beat, every, and beat all the best teams in our conference, and we got to go to the tournament. So, Lumberjacks, I'm pulling for you. Let's pull this thing off. But wow, that would be hell. Uh, that would be crazy. I did not know that. I had to look it up. I knew it was. I knew there were some teams that had made the tournament under five hundred. But 
three teams, 11 and 18, back 95, 96, 97. Three straight years, we got a team into the tournament who won their conference tournament uh, and came into the tournament 11 and 18. And every single, by the way, every single team that entered the NCAA tournament with either a 500 record or an under 500 record lost in the first round. Nobody's ever won a game that made it to the tournament with that bad of a record. So it would be a great story if Northern Arizona got in. Congratulations, Lumberjacks. You're probably going to get pasted in the first round. But, hey, you will have a great story to tell your kids someday that you won four games in four days as a team that was awful during the season at 9-22. and 22. I've had a few of you email me, and I'm being serious when I say this because I know influencers say that all the time. Like, a couple of you have emailed me about the uh, contour I was wearing. and you know, No, it's like, I get it. I know they do that just to sell product. A few of you have emailed me talking about this podcast and saying you're really liking my college basketball knowledge that I'm spreading and, you know, you're filling out your bra- – you're, you're going to use my insight to fill out your brackets. Hey, don't blame me if your brackets suck because I will be the first to admit every year I enter a bracket tournament and I never win. Because I try and pick too many upsets. Because as someone who gambles, I don't deal. I deal with point spreads, and any bracket pool that you fill out doesn't deal with point spreads. So it's hard for me to separate the two. So it's why I fill out multiple brackets. I usually have one that has a bunch of upsets in it, and then some that just has a few, and then some I just pick all the favorites. It's just. But I'm telling you, I never win those things. So while I will give you my opinions, nothing is ever a given. You know, if you've listened to this podcast for the last. Two or three weeks, you know I'm already betting against Tennessee in the first round, but that doesn't mean Tennessee's going to lose. They could play. It's it's one game. It's one 40-minute game, and you just never know. The team they could be playing could be off, and Tennessee could get hot that game. I will give you my best opinion on a lot of the games once the brackets come out on Sunday. So on Monday's Sports Daily, all we're going to talk about is the brackets, but I just don't want to be blamed if your bracket sucks because you listen to my advice. Just just know this. I'm going to give you I'm just going to give you a lot of notes to go off of. I'm going to give you statistics about how teams have fared in the tournament when they've been a 3 seed or a 4 seed and stuff like that. I've got all those numbers going to gather those over the next few days because they're going to be all over the internet and I'm just going to make sure to make notes of it and write it down and copy and paste so I could uh, relay it to you guys. Here's one if you're looking for a national champion. I'm very well aware that Kansas is going to be a one seed and Kansas is the defending national champion and Kansas is a very public team, meaning a lot of people are very well aware who Kansas is when it comes to the NCAA tournament. They'll see them on the one line and they'll automatically put them probably minimum Final Four. And some of of you are going to have them as your national champion. My advice to you, is you got to look at the statistics over the years. And I knew it wasn't a lot, but here's the bottom line. Since 1974, so this will be 49 years, only two teams have ever won back-to-back national championships. The 91-92 Duke Blue Devils and the 06-07 Florida Gators. That's it. It shows you how hard it is to win six consecutive games in this tournament. Not saying that Kansas is automatically no way they're going to win the Nows Championship this year, but you got to look at those numbers. It's only happened twice in almost 50 years. So if you're picking a national champion, it's almost better to cross off a good team 
a high-seeded team that, based on a certain statistic, just probably isn't going to do it. They would be the first team I would eliminate as your national champion in your bracket pool. It's just too hard to repeat. Those are the facts. The facts are two schools have done it in 50 years, Florida and Duke. Florida, 06-07, Duke, 91-92. That's it. It's, it's hard. It's very hard. So keep that in mind when you're filling out your bracket. I brought this up yesterday in regards to Gonzaga. And, you know, I, I could be getting sucked in. One, because I have a pre, or I have a February bet on them to win the national championship at 31-1. to So clearly I'd like to see them win it for the sole purpose that, number one, they are one of the best programs in America. They are... It would be great for a small school like that, even though they are considered a major program. They're still a small school, and it would be great for a small school to win it like that. Mark Few, the head coach, has been there forever. He's had numerous opportunities to leave. He hasn't. He's taken his team to the national championship game twice in the last 10 years. They've lost both times. I just think that they've had some failures. Trust me. He's well aware of it. The program is well aware of it. Gonzaga Gonzaga fans are well aware of it. I did it again. Called him Gonzaga. Gonzaga fans are well aware of it. This team has underachieved in the tournament in the years that they haven't made that national championship game twice. They've just lost to teams as a one seed. They've lost to teams below them. And like I said, I might be getting sucked in, but the fact that they don't have a one next to their name because they're not going to be a one seed and they're probably not even going to be a two seed. They are looking like a three seed in the tournament and maybe, just maybe, the fact that they're not going in as the team everybody is gunning for maybe eases their minds a little bit. Maybe there was too much pressure on them in the past because they were expected to either get to the national championship game, win the national championship, you know, the two they lost, North Carolina, and then the COVID year, where they were undefeated. They could have gone undefeated, and they got blown out by Baylor. So it is not an easy thing to do to win the national championship. But remember that? Remember that team? 31-0 and heading into the championship game. They had missed six games earlier in the season due to COVID because they didn't couldn't put enough players on the court. But Jalen Suggs was on that team. Corey Kispert. This was a really, really good team. And, you know, Drew, uh, Drew Timmy was on that team, right? Yeah. Um, this was a team that had a chance to be only the second team ever to go undefeated in a college basketball season. And they lost, and they lost big in the championship game to Baylor. But, like I said, those are two times that they've made the national championship game in the last 10 years, but other times they have been upset. But I'm thinking that maybe the pressure is not on them this year because if you look at this roster, while I think Julian Strother can get drafted, he's not going to be a – he's not a surefire NBA lock. Neither is Drew Timmy. They are very, very good college players that will be role players in the NBA at best. They're not going to be superstars. They're not going to be – top five picks like Jalen Suggs was. So I really think that maybe this could be Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I'm going to punch myself. I think this could be Gonzaga's year. 
and I'm getting sucked in. I, I, I said I might be getting sucked in. No, I am sucked in. I think this could be it because there isn't another dominant team out there. They've beaten Alabama already this year, and Alabama's going to be a number one seed. I think they match up very well against UCLA. The one thing I'm worried about with Gonzaga is while they are the highest scoring team in the nation, they're not as good defensively as they has been in past years. So that could definitely hurt them come tournament time. But you just never know how their side of the bracket plays out. Maybe they get better matchups. Maybe there's upsets, and they don't have to beat as good of teams. You just never know. But they are one of they are one of the eight teams that I do think can win it, regardless of those statistics that I mentioned earlier about top 50 net rating in offense and top 22 in defense or whatever. I think you can kind of throw that out the window this year because of the fact that Gonzaga, there is no dominant team. So I will put them in as one of the teams that could win the national champion this year. And I'd, and I'd be very happy if they did monetarily and just for the fact that they've been such a dominant program. Seven straight Sweet 16, no team in the tournament has that streak going. They've made the tournament, I believe, 20 or 21 years in a row now. Like, they are a top program in college basketball. And you like to see good things happen to good people. And Mark Few, yes, I'm well aware of the DUI a couple years ago. Bad mistake. But I I just, I've always liked him as a coach. I, I think I love watching his teams play. And, I'd love to see them get rewarded. I think it would be great for college basketball if a team like Gonzaga wins the national championship. Just to, for an update, as I'm recording this, they've gone to half. I don't even know why I'm giving you a score update because by the time you hear this, the game will be over. But anyway, as a, for my own personal knowledge, as they go to half, Montana State's up seven on Northern Arizona at halftime in the Big Sky Championship, 42-35. Let's see what happens. When I wake up in the morning, maybe the Lumberjacks will have pulled off the upset. Let's talk a little football and this Lamar Jackson story. He signed that non-tendered, I I already forget what it is, but basically only one time in the history of football has a team that offered what Lamar was offered where a 32.4 million tendered extension or whatever allows you to negotiate with other teams and If you sign a contract with another team, the Ravens have a chance to match it or let you go. And if they let you go, they get two first-round picks in returns. Only one other time in the history of the NFL has this happened where a player was given this option and ended up going to another team. He's always ended up back on his original team. My question is, and I still haven't gotten an answer to this, is why the Ravens are playing with fire. Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that once led the NFL in touchdown passes. Lamar Jackson is one of the top two running quarterbacks in probably NFL history. Well, NFL history may be top four or five. Lamar Jackson is a guy who's like his career record is 25 games over 500. What are the Ravens doing? What is their backup plan? Because they could lose him. Shit, Daniel Jones got $85 million guaranteed and four years $160 million, and he's had one good, one good year in his career. Lamar Jackson, I just read you his stats. He's had way better career 
than Daniel Jones. You don't think somebody's going to come in and offer Lamar Jackson 40, 45 million a year? So if the Ravens are already not interested in paying him that, then why even go through this song and dance? Unless the Ravens are sitting there thinking nobody's going to give him what he thinks. I guess it's possible that's what their plan is in all this. Because, as you know, Lamar Jackson does not have an agent. He's negotiating for himself. And I don't know if that's good or bad, to be honest with you. But what I do know is this. I think the Ravens are calling his bluff. I think the Ravens are thinking, Lamar, you're not an agent. You did not go to negotiating school. I don't think you realize how this works, and I don't think you're going to get the money that you think you're going to get out on the free market. All it takes is one team. doesn't mean 20 teams are going to be offering him a contract. Most teams don't need a quarterback. There's only about five or six. I'm going to go over this with my guest tomorrow on the Sports Daily, my buddy Josh. We're going to go over the quarterback openings in the NFL, and there aren't many. It's going to be a lot of moving pieces, guys going from one starter on one team this past year, going to, going to be a starter on a different team next year, kind of like Derek Carr. Raiders starting quarterback last year, Saints starting quarterback next year. <clears throat> All right, well, who's going to fill in the Raiders spot? Is it going to be Jimmy G? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? We don't know, but Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers starting quarterback last year, looks like he's going to the Jets. Green Bay is going to roll with Jordan Love if that does happen. It's like so many moving pieces here. We Make your head spin. But I don't understand what they're doing with Lamar. I don't understand why you're not locking this guy up. Who do you have better than him on the roster, Ravens? And if you do let him go and you're thinking, well, it's not necessarily we have somebody on the roster. We just want somebody out there. We're going to go after one of the bigger names. Like, okay, what? Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, Jameis Winston. Who are you thinking you're going to get that's going to be better than Lamar Jackson? A 26-year-old Lamar Jackson, by the way. You want to go out and get Aaron Rodgers at 39 years old for two, three years maybe? Over a 26-year-old Lamar Jackson? Yes, understand. He's been hurt the last couple of years. But you just can't win in the NFL today without a stud quarterback. And Lamar Jackson, regardless of what people think about him, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And what he does is just different than most quarterbacks. He's proven himself in this league. He's had success in this league. He's been a former MVP in this league. What are you doing? Ravens, what are you doing? Sign this guy. You're jerking him around. You might lose him. And who are you going to be stuck with next year? You really want to go with Tyler Huntley? Flabbergasted. And some NBA notes to end with here. Kevin Durant was supposed to make his son's debut at home last night, but he slipped during pregames. And got a little bit of an ankle injury, so he did not play last night. Suns won anyway. They are moving up the boards in the Western Conference, and I just don't see any way that your Western Conference Finals is not the Denver Nuggets against the Phoenix Suns. There's just those two teams now, with Suns having Durant, a healthy Durant, assuming his ankle is okay, are so head and shoulders above everybody else in the West because everybody else in the West from 4 through 12 seed are literally the same team. Like They're all average. Nobody's dominant certainly i don't even think any of them are great they're all just 
good to slash average teams. Bad news for the Mavericks, Luka Doncic has a thigh problem. And after the game last night, a loss to the lowly Pelicans, he says his thigh is not good. Good thing I sold my tickets for the rest of the season because they are now, I just, I guess I've told you, I'm not impressed. They're 3-6 and six when Luka and Kyrie play together. I don't think that's what they expected. They are one and done in the playoffs. I don't care who their matchup is. I just, I'm over them. That's why I sold their tickets. And John Morant, remember I told you two games? I'm like, yeah, that's what he said he's going to be out. The Grizzlies now say um, he's going to miss four more games. I'm not going to say he's out for the season, but, and I don't think he will. He will return this season, but can any of we can any of us trust John Morant? Not saying he's going to go off the rails and be terrible when he comes back, but I just think there's too much on this kid's plate right now to where when he comes back to the Grizzlies this season, he's going to be playing at his top level. I just don't see it. I think they're in his head right now. They really are. And I feel for the kid. I hope he gets it turned around. He's one of the young stars in this game. Everybody loves everybody loves his game. His off-court stuff, a little bit questionable. But you just want to see people like that get back on the right track. You don't want to see them go down the wrong path. I'm pulling for him, but four more games they announced yesterday, and it's possible after those four games they say, hey, give us a few more weeks. You know, We just don't know, but all we can do is hope the guy gets better. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. Tomorrow, as I said, first time I'm going to have a guest on the Sports Daily. It's my buddy Josh from college. He hired me at the college radio station. We called LMU play. We were both LMU play-by-play guys back in the early 90s or or, um, mid to late 90s. He was a year ahead of me. He was the his senior year. He was the play-by-play guy for LMU. I was the reporter. And then I took over uh, the following year. We have some college stories to share, but we're going to talk. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on LMU basketball, but we are going to uh, talk about the topics in sports that I do every day here on the Sports Daily. Uh, I'm just going to do it with somebody else, so it's not just my voice. And like I said, this is going to be once I get back at the end. Of, you know, my next two Fridays, I'm going to be out of town, but. I think basically starting in April, I'm going to try and get a guest on uh, every Friday or at least every other Friday, at least a couple times a month on Fridays, bring in a guest of mine, whether it's a friend, a media member, somebody from my past uh, that I've worked with in radio, stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to try and get people on. So look forward to that uh, coming up. Thank you all for listening again. Rate, subscribe and review. It helps the podcast so much. We'll be back tomorrow with yet another Sports Daily. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!